Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? Hey, I feel like praying on behalf of all of us, just following that uh, set of uh, musical worship. So pray with me, and we'll continue on. Uh, Father, just want to offer up the brief prayer, um, even as we enter this kind of post-Easter season, brand new series, but um, just let us all feel a collective thank you. A thank you to you. A thank you for you sending your son, Jesus, and our gratitude toward Jesus as well. Amen. Uh, well, my name is Andrew. Uh, I'm one of the ministers here. If we have not met yet, glad you're here with us this morning. A few things um, we'd like to kind of let you kind of be in the know on as far as what's going on in the life of Southwest right now. Uh, but you can also kind of follow along in your bulletin. Hopefully you received one of those when you came in. One, again, if you are newer with us or visiting, welcome. We're glad you're here. Glad you're taking a chance on Southwest. Hopefully you'll feel welcome and like you belong and that the hour together is impactful and meaningful. Uh, but if you're brave enough, we would like to start getting to know you. So in your bulletin, there's this perforated half sheet in the back, just says connect card to the back. If you fill that out to the uh, extent that you feel comfortable, fill that out. And then we have these boxes on the walls next to each exit door, one, two, and three. Drop it in there. We'll start getting to know each other uh, just so you can kind of get on some email list. And we can just make sure you're fully integrated in the life of Southwest, to, again, the extent that you're comfortable. But also, um, if you're even braver still, we would love to meet you face to face. And on your way out in kind of one of the glass alcoves in the lobby, we have kind of guest central. We would like to, one, meet you, but also send you home with a gift as well. And hopefully, we'll see you once again in the future. Uh, right on the heels of that, hold on, I got my lines here because I got a lot. Uh, yeah, so um, in a couple of weeks, um, there's going to be like a, a group theme with announcements this morning. In a couple of weeks, we are starting a brand new group just called Waiting Expectantly. And this is for those women, those ladies who ha are currently experiencing infertility. Now, the nature of this is, honestly, we have no idea the extent to which, you know, those at Southwest may be impacted by this. This tends to be a very private battle, a private struggle, but our thought is it does not have to be. So if you have any uh, interest in this at all, uh, we'd love to hear about it. We're having a um, for very first meeting, going to be the last Saturday of each month, first one, April 29th. But you can go online, you can register, see what it's all about. But if that sounds like you, we would love to help. We'd like to support. So uh, again, you are invited to that as well. Um, also on the parenting side, tomorrow night we are starting this one-time six-week parenting group based on this book, Parenting, uh, Getting It Right by Andy and Sandra Stanley. Uh, this is a new book on the shelves, new to Amazon. I have not read it yet. I'm sure one day I will. But the word out there is this is a phenomenal work. It is a phenomenal resource. So our kids minister, Tammy Stahl, is going to be taking any set, all parents who want to come to this over the next six weeks. If big chance, like, hey, tomorrow night feels like a little last minute, you can miss the first week but uh, going to be every Monday for the next six Mondays. Um, but if you're interested, again, check out online, uh, email our kids, Mr. Tammy Stahl. Again, this is going to be a phenomenal six-week, not just because of the resource, but also because uh, Tammy is behind it all. So, um, again, if that sounds like you, put it on your calendar. We'd love to see you. Men, it's softball season. For better or worse, it's softball season. Uh, and if you are an able-bodied, and men, you get to define that. Your wife does not. Um, if you are able-bodied, 
and want to be a part of this. Um, one, we are kind of currently recruiting. Last time I looked, just online, there are 13 men signed up, which is fantastic. Um, but if you are even lightly interested, one, you can check it out online, details there. But uh, today, uh, after the second service in the student wing, uh, Nathan Mitchell, who's kind of running it, our student minister, he's kind of the team manager. There's going to be an info meeting for all you guys. So men, by all means, come out. We'll play softball together. And then last piece, just because there's so much, on the very back of the bulletin, uh, you'll see just kind of says upcoming small group events. Just be mindful. Just take a look at some other uh, small group things coming up. Again, there's so much going on. It's a good season, but just can't announce everything from the stage. Uh, So, end of announcements. We got through it together. Um, so, we've talked about it a lot, but also Easter's behind us, uh, and we're kind of entering a unique, different season at Southwest, that being our senior minister, Roger Hendricks, is now on medical leave as he's awaiting a transplant date and a new, uh, new, a new donor for a uh, stem cell for bone marrow transplant. Uh, so we've been prepping about this. If you've been around, hopefully you've heard this uh, many times. We want to communicate well what's, co- what's going on. But as of now, Roger is on medical leave. And just so you know, he texted me and the rest of the staff this morning. He's praying for all of us. He's watching us online. So he's very much with us, just not in the room. Um, but one thing, we're, there's going to be any number of ways we'll communicate that you guys can support Roger and Jane through this journey. Uh, one that's just available now, um, if you uh, kind of check out in the lobby, we have a small table set up. If you just want to write an encouraging notes, we kind of gather those and get, get them to Roger and Jane in a batch. But also on this table, you'll notice these bracelets that I have on right here. I think in his last message, Roger made mention of bracelets that he and his family had made up, a verse from Isaiah 43 that's been a theme verse through this journey. And uh, there's a couple here at South Southwest, their members, they wanted to anonymously provide said bracelets for every one of us if we wanted to kind of join them in that journey just as a good reminder from Isaiah 43. So by all means, stop by that table, grab a bracelet. We can wear this through the duration of of, uh, Roger's medical leave. But also with this season, you know, both Roger wanted to prayerfully and uh, with great wisdom kind of leave Southwest while he's gone in a fantastic place because we're growing. Roger's made mention that a number of times. We are growing and want to continue to do so both in number but also in our faith and depth in our faith in Jesus. So without getting too much in the details, because, again, we only have so much time together, uh, we have hired, brought on an interim minister in Mark Coffee. He was here a couple weekends ago uh, just to meet everyone kind of face-to-face, and today is his very first uh, Sunday being a brand-new series called United out of the Book of Ephesians. Uh, But Mark is uh, technically a retired minister, but he's providing an interim service for us. But he has decades of experience. He's had uh, ministries, long-time ministries in Indiana, Michigan, Virginia. He's been in the game a long time. And just kind of hearing the story of how we found Mark and Mark found us is is just just, uh, the Holy Spirit is woven throughout. So again, what I want to do, we're going to have months and months to get to know Mark. But uh, again, we'd like to start with a message. So if you would, uh, Southwest, let's welcome Mark Coffey to the stage. I'd like to begin with uh, a pretty extended reading from Scripture as we begin this service today, this, this preaching time. It's from Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, all through the end of the chapter. So if you want to follow along in your Bibles or pull out your apps, uh, we want to encourage you to do that. I'll be reading from the New International Version, and it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to the pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance to the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And with all wisdom and understanding, he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity in all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And when you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, and I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power in us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all ruler, rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for today, thanking you for the blood applied, thanking you that through that sacrifice, and triumphant resurrection, we can be called yours. And we can be united with you together. Bless this time, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. It's a real honor to stand before you today um, as our interim season begins here at Southwest Church. Uh, for the first time that Pam and I came here for uh, interviews and, and conversations, we just felt something really special here. We could, we could feel it the moment that we walked in. The way in which this congregation has united together throughout all that has taken place as the, 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 it's developed in the life of, of Roger and Jane has been incredible. And through it all, even through these trials 
as Andrew has said, this church continues to grow. And it, it, it is a testament to how you have pulled together, how you have supported, how you have encouraged through the blood drives, through the, the testing for bone marrow, all those different things. Those have been palpable ways in which you have shown support to Roger and to Jane, but at the same time, it's something that has expressed the unity that you have as a congregation. And people throughout Springboro and the rest of the community have seen it, they know it, and they're drawn to it. The result is that you are continuing to stay on mission as a church, and God is being glorified. And because of that, Many are pursuing God and asking questions. Still others are responding. And some have or are considering committing themselves to the Lord Jesus, who prayed these words in John 17, verse 21. May they be one, Father, as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Folks, what a contrast that is to the workplaces that you find yourself working in, isn't it? What a contrast that is in the schools in which your, student, your students end up going to. What a contrast that is to all the things that are going on in life. Because ideologically, emotionally, relationally, even politically, there is so much fragmentation and division in our world. Can I get an amen on that? I like coffee. I've got to keep faith to my name, okay? I have an EY, but I like the EE, okay? A lot. And I like to joke about it and post on Facebook that there are those of us who, are lo who love coffee and there are those of you who are wrong, okay? <laughs> now, that said in jest, you laughed about it, and I'm, I'm grateful, but I have to tell you, that there, have those, there are those who have taken offense at that, even though it's been said in, in good spirits. And so much more is happening around us that is being used by so many people to divide, to fragment, to hurt people. Folks, if you walk away with, with, with few things from this message, please understand something. I want to tell you a truth. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. We've seen this in shootings that have taken place, the most recent one being in Louisville, not too far away from us. We see it in conflicts among nations. We see it in homes and among friends. It's almost everywhere as a way of life. And the author of it is not God. The author of it is Satan himself who uses this unity to divide and conquer and advance his personal agenda to bring hell on this earth as much as he possibly can. We talk, we'll talk more about the agenda that he has set up and how, the, how he tries to do that in every place that he possibly can. But I, I want you to know that there is no place that he loves to bring disunity more than in the church of Jesus Christ. He loves to fragment the church because the church will lose its sense of mission if, he do, if they do. 
And he also loves to do that in your families. He loves to divide and conquer. Southwest has enjoyed a harmony that people see and are drawn to. And we rejoice in what God has done and is continuing to do through your staff and through your leadership. But I'm also convinced that there is nothing that Satan would love to do more than to disrupt that. So beginning today, we're starting a series, as Andrew said, out of the book of Ephesians. And one of the themes of the book of Ephesians, as we take a 35,000-foot view of this great book in the Bible, is, is one of the themes is unity. And he, he, God, and through the Holy Spirit and Paul, wants to communicate just how important that really is. Because God's vision for us is unity. If we aren't focused on the same thing, we've got trouble. And so he wants us to be united with God in, in his design for us. He wants us to be united in Christ in spite of our differences. He wants us to be united in our prayers that will pray for the things that really matter, that will be united in our worship, such as what we were able to do just now. He wants us to be united in service and in lifestyle. He wants us to be united in boldly facing the future that God has for us. He wants us to be united in battle against the, unit, against the enemy, against Satan himself, who seeks to deceive, destroy, and derail God's people and God's church. I don't know if you've ever had any problems with your eyesight but whenever we find that we're having a hard time focusing because our eyes are not focused on the same thing, we as individuals and as a community uh, don't function well when we're not, if we're not united. Now, please understand me when I talk about unity. I, I'm not talking about seeing everything exactly the same way. I'm not talking about cloning. I'm not talking about just say, you know, I, some of you love, love the Indianapolis Colts. Some of you love the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? One of you is free to be wrong. I won't say which, okay? <laughs> so I'm not talking about any of that, okay? It doesn't mean that we cannot be passionate about issues. But it does mean that there are some core values on which we are relentlessly focused on together and that allow us to move powerfully in the same direction. And over the next few weeks, we're going to see in God's eyes what it means to be united. He looks at this in very real and practical ways, not high in the sky by and by. He talks about it in real life. But we need to understand that this is possible only as we rely on God, only if we look to Jesus Christ and we allow for his Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out and move us to significant action. And so God starts out by saying in this book that he wants us to be united with him. So I want to pose a question. 
And I'd like for you to just think about this for a few seconds. Do you know God? Do you know God? Did I hear somebody say yes? <laughs> yeah, all right. The truth of the matter is that a lot of times we sidestep that issue. You know, sometimes we say, well, I go to church, or I read scripture, or I pray, I serve, I tell others about Jesus. But do we really know God? What I have found over years of ministry is that when pressed with that question, many people really aren't sure. But the early church was absolutely certain. And that one reality of knowing God changed everything. People saw what it was like to be united with God, to know him. They wanted to know him too. And so the question is, when people see us, do they want to know the one who lives in us? Do they see his power at work in us and through us? Many of you have seen that in Roger's life and Jane's life as they have faithfully stayed true to the Lord in spite of their setbacks. You see, it's easy to focus on how we feel about things. But it's much more important for us to focus on whose we are and rely on his power in everything we do in life. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we still need to be bold. We still need to be visionary. We still need to be strategic. We still need to be worshipful. We still need to be generous. We still need to tell others about him. Those are action steps. We need to step out in faith. We still need to work hard. But if God isn't in it, if, if, it, if he is not the focus of it all, then it's worthless, and we will fail miserably. A number of years ago, Chris Tomlin wrote a song about indescribable, about God, and he used some uh, adjectives to describe God himself. And the first one was, he was indescribable. Poets have tried, peoples have, preachers have stumbled to find words, but no one has ever come close to describing even the smallest portion of this amazing God that we serve. If you know him, you know that's so true. And a lot of times you find yourself at loss of words to be able to express who he is and what he means to you. He's also uncontainable. I wish I had a box here because I think that a lot of times we try to take a box and we try to put God in it. We try to fit him into the midst of all of our preconceived notions and ideas. We think, well, this is what God is like. And sometimes we'll find ourselves saying, well, my God wouldn't say that or my God wouldn't act that way. 
And the problem with that kind of thinking is that we're trying to mold God into our image instead of recognizing that we are created in his. I read an article in the news a while back that said that scientists are discovering through all the satellites and through all the telescopes that are out there right now that our universe itself isn't static. As a matter of fact, it is constantly expanding. And the God of this universe, the one who created it all, is even greater than that. Friends, let's try not to put God in a box. He can't be contained by the universe, and he cannot be contained by you or me. But he's also all-powerful. He's capable of bringing something out of nothing through creation, just as he did at, at, at the very beginning. He can change the course of nature. He guides history for his established purposes. He heals when healing seems impossible. He brings the dead to life. He transforms people from the inside out. And he works through people like you and me to accomplish amazing things. And Ephesians chapter 1 says on a repeated basis that it's all to the praise of his glorious grace. He doesn't just have some power. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, he's, it says that he is able to do immeasurably all, more than all we ask or imagine, according to his great power, that is his limitless power, that is at work within us. Rob Reimer wisely says that the American church, we often very easily talk about God's power and what we believe intellectually but we often don't believe it in practice. But he's also untamable. C.S. Lewis in his fantasy novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, portrays a lion by the name of Aslan who reflects Jesus all throughout the book and the redemption that he offers. And at one point, Lucy, one of the main characters, asks another character about Aslan, and she says, is he safe? And the response that she gets is, oh, no, he's not safe, but he is good. He is good. So often, we want God to be safe, don't we? But he isn't. He's all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful, never-ending. And what he does is often beyond our comprehension. We can't put him in a box, but he is good. And he's a God who, in spite of all the sin around us, all the corruption that is taking place, all the brokenness we see, is able to work all things for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, as Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says. So in verse 3 of Ephesians 1, we read these words, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. 
This indescribable, uncontainable, all-powerful, untamable God has made it possible through his son, Jesus Christ, for us to be united with him. And last week, we celebrated how God made a way for us to be united with him through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And instead of going through life with a sense of dread, we're privileged to live with him. But with him guiding us and with him living through us. And in Ephesians 1, I'm just going to give you a very quick view. He says, first of all, that we are chosen and adopted in him. And that's found in verses 3 through 6. God's plan has been to choose and adopt as his own anyone who will respond to his call to follow him through Jesus Christ. Now, parents, you all love your children. Oh, I I just recently came from Virginia, so if you hear me say y'all, that's why, okay? Just just a a little bit uh, of forewarning. Parents love their children. But sometimes kids come as surprises, don't they? I heard somebody tell me not too long ago that, uh, yeah, um, you know, we have this, this sibling, this sibling, and then there was this one, and he was a surprise. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean that they're any less loved, but it does mean that they were unexpected. Adoption is totally different. Because in adoption, the parent chooses that child. And they will go out of their way and do whatever it takes to accomplish that. We, when we are adopted, we are loved by choice. But as adopted, we're also bought at a high price. I know of two families who are close friends of mine who decided to adopt a child from China. And they went to all sorts of extreme ends to be able to make that happen. Uh, they, they had to fork out, and this was several years ago, over $60,000 apiece in order to adopt that child. Through all the legalese and all that kind of stuff, and through all the travel. And yet they wanted these children so badly that they did everything they could to raise the money and to make it possible. And those children are thriving today. When someone is chosen, when someone is wanted, there is no cost that is too high. There is no barrier that is insurmountable. There is no difficulty to discouraging, to, 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 to bring discouragement. And that is how much God loves us. And we just sang, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. And he sacrificed his one and only son on the cross. And he watched him die so that you and I could live. That's why verses 7 and 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Folks, the love of adoption is incredibly costly. So please, if you walk out with nothing else here, please walk away from this. You are of incredible worth to God. So much so that he was willing to sacrifice 
his one and only son so that you could be united with him and I could be united with him too. But we're also empowered. We're empowered to be assured. Exactly a year ago last week, we closed on our home in Batesville, Indiana. And we met at a lawyer's office and we had provided the down payment. They had gone through all the proper documentation. We received confirmation through that process that the home was officially in our name, even though the savings alone owns it. But we had that documentation and proof in our security box at our bank. And in verses 13 through 19, Paul says that the Holy Spirit is our security. He's our down payment, our documentation that God has provided for us that we are his. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, believing in him, repenting of our sins, being baptized into him. God places himself in us through his spirit as a guarantee that we are his. And a lot of times people say, well, how do I know if the Holy Spirit is inside of me? Might I suggest that you need to look at the fruit that you're bearing in your life? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self, gentleness and uh, faithfulness, and self-control. Are those things growing in your life and in mine? These are assurance that if we are united with God and God's living presence is in us, he knows and he feels anything and everything that we go through. I want to read an excerpt, 13, 14, and 18 out of uh, Ephesians 1. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in God's holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. You see, the Holy Spirit is a down payment, but he's also much more than that. He's also our power. He is our source of strength. And in verse 19, Paul says that that power is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let's be honest, folks. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, this is me. A lot of times I try to do things in my own strength. A lot of times I, I, I want to do things the way I want to, and I fail miserably. And the power of the Holy Spirit is available to help us face fear, doubt, burden, struggles, relationships, sickness, persecution, and despair. His power is flowing in us and through us to draw us closer to him. But he also draws others close to God as they see him modeled in our lives. 
and they find themselves craving something deep within, and that is connection with God. In verses 19 through 23 of Ephesians 1, it also says that we're united with God through Jesus' rule. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You see, everything that we do flows from God and all that he has done. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I, I, I found myself talking about my church. And usually what I'm trying to refer to is the people that I associate with. In the next six months or so, this is my church. Please know that. And part of it is because I want to associate with you because you are very already very dear to us. But in reality, no church is my church, and it never has been. Please hear me. You may be attending and watching online. You may be here in person. You may serve. You may be invested. You may love people. You may give generously here. But this ain't your church. It's his. We belong to him. And we worship, we serve, we follow him. We listen to him through prayer. And we, we speak to him through prayer. We listen to him through his word. We follow and obey him. Just as my arms will do what my head tells them to do. And my feet will move when my head tells it to. And we follow Jesus, who is the head. And through him, we are united with God. See, God wants us to be united with him. It's been his desire all along. And the cross of Jesus Christ reminds us of the great lengths to which God, the indescribable, the uncontainable, the all-powerful, the untamable God wants to connect with us. He holds all things together. And he wants to know us. And one of the ways in which he connects with us is around what we call communion that helps us to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He offers us a very personal glimpse, kind of in a meal, where he pulls us close to himself. And at his table, he says, come here. Let me connect with you. And he provides us the nourishment that we need, food and drink. But he gives us 
his body and we remember his sacrifice. And then he gives us his blood, which gives us new life. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you and I pray that you will bless this time of communion. I pray that you will bless us with your presence. We need you. We want you. We love you. Thank you for drawing close to us and giving us an opportunity every single week to be able to celebrate that reality. To have a meal with you and to rejoice in the freedom that we have because of Jesus and the unity that we have with you because of him. I pray in Jesus' name. When you are ready, please partake of the bread. We'll be closing out our worship here in just a few moments. Just a couple of things that I'd like to remind you of. The first is that this next Tuesday is a starting point opportunity, an opportunity for you to find out a little bit more about Southwest if you are wanting to know more about what it is that this church believes and how you can best follow Jesus in this place. And also, coming up at the end of this month on the 30th, April, uh, the last Sunday, there's going to be a baptism Sunday. And if you've been considering making Jesus the Lord of your life and beginning that walk with him through baptism, we encourage you to talk to one of the staff members, find out what you need to do, and they will be more than happy to assist you. Let's continue in our worship together.